Welcome to Mountain Bike Radio. I'm Ben, and this is the third clip in a weekend series about the Fat Bike Berkey. I am bringing you a bunch of audio, and if you want to know what's going on, you can head over to mountainbikeradio.com slash fatbikeberkey. That Berkey is spelled B-I-R-K-I-E. So it's mountainbikeradio.com slash fatbikeberkey. You can find out what is going on over there, some other audio links, details, whatever it is. Uh, but in this one, I speak with Scott Chapin. He's a friend of mine, and he is uh, very connected throughout the cycling industry as well as locally. He has a lot of experience locally uh, in, in participating as well, um, biking, skiing, running. He's participated in all those sports at a very high level for a long time, and uh, he brings some good perspective to it. Plus, he was one of the driving factors initially behind the very first Fat Bike Berkey six years ago. So have them on. We chat about a lot of different things, really. Um, but that's it. So if you have any questions, Ben at mountainbikeradio.com. Otherwise, enjoy this episode. I am here with Scott Chapin. Uh, you've probably, if you're in the fat bike world uh, or pay any attention to what's going on in the cycling industry, so he's always out at different trade shows and all kinds of different things, you've probably seen his name around. If not, he is... Uh, First of all, he's a friend of mine. Uh, he is one of the main reasons that we are living here in Hayward. Uh, he made the sales pitch for the area, and we checked it out, and it was pretty much a no-brainer. So thank you, Scott, for that. I appreciate it. Oh, you're it. welcome. Um, <laughs> no, I, that's, I, I will never forget the conversation that, uh, hey, why don't you just check it out? I'm like, okay. Um, but uh, so, Scott, I, I'm, having, I'm bringing him on because he is a wealth of knowledge, a wealth of experience. Uh, he's raced uh bikes skis and running at pretty much some of the highest level you can for somebody that didn't do that wasn't like a a professional runner his entire life or professional athlete his entire life um so he's very knowledgeable from that perspective uh he's very knowledgeable from the indi industry perspective uh because he's in that world and talking to people throughout the cycling world uh constantly especially um and he had he was instrumental in bringing the, or, or making the fat bike Berkey happen. Uh, so I think he is the perfect person to not only pitch you listeners on coming to check out the Hayward Cable Sealy area, uh, but to talk about the fat bike Berkey. So is that a good a good introduction? I think that's pretty good. Yeah. Okay, cool. So <laughs> thank you, thank you for taking the time. Oh, you're um, welcome. It's cool to be here. I have uh, not everybody gets to sit in the Berkey executive director of the Berkey Foundation or whatever his title is. I don't know. I just know him as Ben, but to sit in his office and use it as a recording studio. So, what do you think of this? Well, oh, that's pretty, pretty uh, nice. It'd be it's it'd, pretty it'd pretty be minimalist. Fun if, uh, ben was in here too, but but we, we, I wouldn't talk. He'd do all the talking. I know. I know. We we can do that later this weekend too if you want. Um, but. Uh, all right, so let's talk about things. Uh, you have an interesting story of how you ended up here. So we'll start there, and then we'll get to the Fat Bike Berkey as we progress through this. So how did you end up? What brought you here, this well, area? Well, actually, the I grew up at I grew up in River Falls, Wisconsin, uh, and my uncle is actually from Hayward, um, and so I started coming up here as a as a as a kid, mostly fishing. But then as I got into high school, I'm like, I kind of discovered that I, I, I like the trails here. Um, so I went to UW Eau Claire, graduated, 
I went to oh, grad gr- gr- grad school. I graduated like, from lacrosse, so Eau Claire doesn't oh, really yeah. count. I went to grad school at Montana State, and then they dropped the program I was in while I was out there. And I came back to my parents' house, and I'm like, oh, no, what am I going to do now? Um, I ended up getting a couple job offers uh, in other places. But in a nutshell, I, I took this, the map of Wisconsin and I started by crossing out everything south of Highway 70. <laughs> so I was like, that's off limits. That's not <laughs> happening. I like the woods. I like the trails. I like the north. You know, I always knew I wanted yeah. to be somewhere up north. So is 70 year up north? Is that your cutoff no, for it's up north it's 77. So okay. it started at 70. Okay. Yeah, Highway 70. And then I ended up, uh, ultimately, the, the main reason I just focused in on here versus Monaco or other places was um, I did the Berkey when I was a, a senior in college, and, and that could pretty much have sealed the deal. I, I at that point I'd never you know done a Schwam again or anything of that course. So twenty five years ago, you know I did Berkey number one, and I was I was hooked, uh, and it ultimately just moved here. Started working in in uh, our Spooner office, and then I moved uh, just north of Highway 77, which is really the true definition of up north. <laughs> okay. Uh, oh, yeah. so we don't count down here? Oh, no, you're like, you're in, you're, uh, you're in the deep south. Shoot. <laughs> I live like two miles south, a uh, mile and a half as a crow flies. Yep. So that's how I ended up here and, uh, you know, ended up getting uh, super involved with with other sports besides, you know, running, I ran in college and, um, yeah, you didn't they, just run in college. Can what, you talk about how, like, what did you, you, you were pretty fast. Like, um, mar- yeah, I mean, in, in marathon co- distance, what, what I ran a two twenty four okay. marathon when actually when I was still in college, Okay, um, I was on my fourth and a half year, my, the last, okay. I was done with running eligibility and decided to train for a marathon. Um, but how, how things kind of quickly changed. Uh, I, I still did a lot of running races after that. But um, when I moved here, I realized that um, there's so many more fun things to do than run, like mountain bike or <laughs> yeah. ski. Yeah, yeah. So I just kind of run, you know, I'd run, I'd run like a literally a third of what I did yeah. when I was actually training just for running. Just to stay in shape. Yeah. And I still do would, something different. Still would could yeah. run quickly, but yeah. it was more... I just like being outside. I love the, you know, always love the trails here and, and they keep getting, obviously keep getting better and better mm-hmm. and better. So yeah. So that's, that's, that's how so I ended up here. That, uh, it's very common. It's becoming, I was telling Ben earlier with, I recorded with Ben pop and, uh, told him that the Berkey has a hand in it, not only yearly, like it creates that financial windfall, you know, it's like 25. He said the impact is like 25 million to the area. Yep. Um, that's a yearly thing, but to have year over year to have these people moving here, buying a house, paying the real estate taxes, being part of the community, you know, whatever it is, the impact of that snowballs pretty quickly. So it's, right, and well, I can actually attest to that. Um, and you you probably know I about a dozen years ago I was actually the president of our Sawyer County Economic Development Corp uh, Corporation, and speaking of economic impact of Second homeowners, I, I helped uh, fund for and uh, basically instigated a, a study on the economic impact of second homeowners. And back a dozen years ago, um, you know, the economic impact was about eighteen thousand, roughly eighteen thousand dollars per year for every second home. 
And then about five years ago, I did, uh, I, I raised the money and helped uh, instigate and co-authored the Economic Impact of Silent Sports Enthusiast Study with the University of Wisconsin. And that's where probably Ben gets some of his data. Yeah, right. So the annualized, uh, the goal of that was to try to figure out what the events create on an annualized basis. Because as you know, when people sign up for the Berkey, they often will come up here between one and 15 times to, to ski on the trail yeah. and they're spending money each and every yep. time. But And nobody... then they do the races too. So you have like the pre-Berkey. Yep. So not only do they come out the weekends, but then they actually do a race like the pre-Berkey or right. whatever it is. So, so yeah. it's, it's a, it's a, we needed to capture the bigger picture. So mm-hmm. for those who had done an event in the three counties here, so it was Sawyer County, Bayfield County, Ashland County, that economic annualized economic impact is just shy of $40 million. But that doesn't that doesn't take into consideration anybody who doesn't do an event. So I mean, the true right. annualized impact of our trails are much higher than that. But it's almost not almost impossible. It's yeah. There's just it'd be very difficult to quantify because you'd have to have people hang creepy people hanging out in the woods doing <laughs> right, surveys. Right, and, that uh, is, that's a little. We just creepy. didn't have the bandwidth for that, so we just took the uh, people who had done an event and use the event um, results and email list to contact to get the statistical enough people to make it statistically significant with our survey. Yeah. Do you see that with bikes too now? Like oh, totally. we've, yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. I mean, in it, we didn't necessarily break it down um, to the nth degree for, for, uh, you know, bicyclists, skiers, you know, just because there's so much, so much crossover, it, it, it'd be hard to, to quantify. We're seeing right. it with the fat biking. Yeah. But just from your personal experience, knowing all the studies and stuff, yep. from your discussions, I mean, I can imagine over the last, especially the last 10 years, I mean, early on when you started, it was, you were just doing the fire lanes and some yeah. single, you know, some trails. The purpose-built single track has really, really changed things. Um, you know, really, when you look at our 100 plus miles of purpose-built single track trails, you know, most of them have been built in the last dozen years. Mm-hmm. And now it's become... You know, we're getting national recognition um, and we're getting, you know, you just talk to people. I talk to everybody on the trail. It seems like and yeah. there's a lot of people that are coming from long distances to ride and even just groups from Duluth or the Twin Cities or wherever. But it's um, it's definitely something that um, we didn't see 10 years ago at all. Yeah. So it makes it easy that. for you. So you have to go out at times when there's nobody else around. Otherwise, you end up talking to everybody. I can just see it right now. Oh, yeah. I yeah. Know. <laughs> so it makes it, but it makes it easy for you to make the pitch. It's like, yeah. instead of like trying to convince somebody to, to like, hey, you know, it's cool. Check it out. You know, and give them a whole pitch. You literally just have to say, just check it out. Yeah. It, like there's not a whole lot of work for you to do uh, to, to get somebody to at least take a look of the, the area now. Yeah, it's very easy. And I think a lot of it starts in, in some of the presentations I've done in the U.S. You know, a new trail system, we always recommend the best way to get that trail system known is by putting an event on there, on that trail system, just like Ironwood's doing that with that Copper Peak. And yeah. now they're having the Red Bull thing there. Yeah, uh, I'm signed up and for that. Ben, yeah, you're doing that. <laughs> but that's, um, you know, that's where we have... I think, I guess, I don't know if advantage is the, the right word, but we have, um, we're, we're name brand simply because we have name brand events and hence our trails. People come up to do those events. They check, they're more apt to check out the trails while they're here. And whether it's Schwamigan, which doesn't use, Schwamigan Fat Tire Festival doesn't use any single track, but 
most of those people at least know it's here and not all of them have done it, but it's, it's that sort of like was impetus to get some of the trail building activities. It all started really with Schwamigan. I, I, you know, when we 25 years ago, I remember the real goal of Canva being, we wanted to make sure that when people from, this is all pre, you know, GPS, pre smartphone, you came up here and if you didn't have a good map, you were going to get lost. Mm-hmm. And I still fish people out of the woods like oh, once a month. Yeah. Where you Especially during the winter. It gets Oh yeah, it just it it's confusing. And the whole purpose of Canva back then with the with the two track trails and the mapping of it was just to make sure people had a comfortable experience. And um you know, and those trails are still there, but more people, my good say the majority of people are into the single track and they're, you know, less apt to get lost. But, right. you know, that that was the whole idea is to just get people comfortable coming here without, you know, the worry of getting, uh, you know, eaten by the wolves. So, yeah. Back then there wasn't any wolves though left. No, there's a couple. Not. Yeah, there was a few. Now there. there's a few. Just bears. You just get chased by bears. Back right, then. right. I haven't seen a bear out on a single track yet. I've seen them all around the house, but I haven't seen one on the hospital trail. I've seen them out there. I yep. just have not seen them on the single track yet. Oh, I have. <laughs> yeah. No, I know they're there, but yeah. I just haven't seen them. Um, so, yeah. So, a lot of this changed. Okay. Like, since you've been here, um, just in the industry, too. I mean, it, it's yep. completely different world. Um, so, what... Uh, I guess my question... I'm I'm always curious. When, you know, I ask a lot of guests that I have on... Like what is what is some of the big the biggest changes that stick out in your mind since you, you know, you moved here, you got involved, you started biking a lot more, uh, you know, back then. What are some of the biggest changes you've seen and kind of stick out in your head that have been game changers? I guess for you. Well, for the- on the bike side, it's it's clearly the purpose built single track. Um, you know, we we had we get we always could boast having 300 300 plus miles of mapped double track and gravel roads uh the purpose-built single track you know going from zero to 100 miles is pretty amazing and some of the volunteers i mean there's literally a few volunteers that you know john layton and steve morales that and and stan walzak that probably built 50 miles of that themselves just yeah. them it's just unbelievable and so that's been a game changer um because now that really put us on the map uh more so uh f- fat biking and the uh, 50 and groomed groomed fat bike trails uh, when i i probably had one of the first fat bikes in this area and i just loved it and what was it it was one of salsa muckluck probably oh okay it was in yeah so i'm on my third one but they um the when we started doing the groomed you know when you talk about like grassroots like we had a meeting our fat bike committee and we just sort of passed the hat around i threw in 500 bucks i'm like i just want to see this happen it's there's my golf <laughs> yeah. there's my golf membership yeah, yeah yeah and now it's just you know we've got all these equipment people buying their own equipment we got 50 miles plus of so that's been a game changer for the winter um and then the other thing that we're seeing that we're starting to see is uh you know, our hidden gem still, I think, is the gravel yeah, riding. I, the, I, the gravel riding is is ridiculous here, yeah. and it's um we need to have a couple more gravel events, I think, to really put it on the map. Yeah. But it's you know that's that's gone from zero to sixty in in just like a few years too. Yeah. So. I mean, you can ride 
you know, back road, gravel, fireland from here over to Mellon to Ironwood to down to Mercer, down the Park Falls. I mean, endless. Yeah, all the way up to Bayfield. I've ridden my bike from my house to Ironwood, 84 miles, four miles on pavement. And when you talk about safety and part of the reason the road bike sales are plummeting is because of people and their smartphones. And I saw two cars in 84 miles, two cars. Yeah. You I, saw, and you probably saw about 50 ATVs. That's your only danger. I didn't, maybe see, I didn't see any of that no? day. It okay. was, no, and I was kind of, I just, I just happened to be on a, on a route where, you know, they weren't out. It was, yeah. it was early too when I started, but you know, that's, that's the hidden gem is you can do, whether it's bike packing or gravel riding. I've done a lot of riding out in the national forest and, and I sort of am a statistical geek and I always look at. Like, okay, if I'm riding one of the paved routes, I see X amount of cars per hour. <laughs> you um, are a geek, aren't you? I'm a geek. Uh, <laughs> and, but on the gravel, it's yeah. uh, on average one car every two hours. But if you break down, that's the only... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you're in the middle of nowhere, right? But that—that's like some it, guy and his dog and this old beat-up truck. Yeah, it was just, yeah, but it's safer. I mean, I go down the middle of the road, and then mm. half the time that I see a vehicle, I pass them. So yeah, uh, they're just and the other the half, thing. you know the person, so you end up talking to yeah, them. Yeah, they're doing. They're <laughs> yeah. doing even the ATVs for yeah. the most part. When you're out in the national forest, those people are really doing the same thing you are, but on a different vehicle. They're, right. they're looking for something. They're looking at something. They're enjoying the day. They're enjoying the scenery. So, I don't know, like pretty easy to strike a conversation with a few people that you yeah. do see. No, I know. And that's, that's part of this whole area is, I mean, I, you know, I was out ice fishing last week and I never have this where you're out on the lake. Usually you're just staring at each other, right? You never say a word. I mean, he was here, you know, he was maybe a hundred yards away. Um, he's like, Hey, you know, he said something, he yelled at me. He's like, and this is just south of town. So the Southern part of the Wisconsin, according to you. Yeah. Um, but, uh, he's like, Hey, you getting anything over there? I, we have fish finders and we're like, you know, yeah. trying to figure out, he's like, Hey, I just got a couple of crappies on the ice. If you want to come on over, it seems like they're over here. I'm like, oh no, man! I, you know, I think I got some, some over here too. I'll figure it out. Um, but I never had that where some guy <laughs> like started talking. He's like, hey, come on over, man! I got a pot. I got a school over here. We'll figure it out. I'm like, where the hell am I? So it's good. It's just good from it's like that area perspective. Lake. What lake was that caught on? Yeah, I know. Area Lake. <laughs> I know, but it. But it was, it was like my aha, not aha moment, but like the moment where I was like, you know what? Like I keep saying this and I don't know who I said it to before, but, uh, the, and I don't even know how I got on this discussion. Oh, stopping to talk to people, but like just having the area where we have so many people with like-minded, you know, you're in here, Tim's in here. We're all here because of the same, you said it because of the same reason. Um, but to live in an area like that and and have a lot of people the same attitude. I mean, we have some other people that have ulterior or opposite attitudes. Yeah. Well, longer term, I think that we'll kind of like that attitude leave a little bit, but um, we have so many people with the same general, whether it's ATV or bikes, like we're, like you said, are doing the same damn thing, but to just have that and be out in the woods and start talking to somebody like that or on the lake, it's just, it's cool to be part of that. And I never really lived in a place that was like that. Yeah. And the common denominator is outdoors and public land. And then yeah. that's, it's all the, I mean, we, we couldn't have this 
lifestyle two hours south of here. There's no. just not enough. There's not enough public land that you know in 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 continuous tracks yeah. and and we're just you know that's that's the draw. I mean. Yeah. You know, I don't want everybody to move here. I usually no, mosquitoes I know. In, the, I, in the cold. It, you know, mosquitoes I, in the cold keep them away. Yeah, so. the ticks more than the mosquitoes. Yeah, the ticks yeah, are. And I, you know what? I'm not too concerned about like pitching it to get people to move here because at the end of the day, like I mean, the elephant in the room is there's not a lot of jobs. So unless yeah. you're on your own or you do remote work or you're creative, um, yep. it's not easy. It's not like you roll into some town and you like send your resume in and get a job. You right. know. So, I mean, that keeps service sector economy. It's just, it is what it is. Yeah. Here, yeah. So. Yeah. For sure. So, um, but the, the public land thing, um, and we'll, we got a little time. So we'll, the public land thing is interesting that you said that because I have conversations, especially with my brother, cause he's always railing on some, you know, we, this brother, we bitch at each yeah. other about stuff. <laughs> um, but I always bring up the public land situation cause he lives in Southeastern Wisconsin where, You've grown up there. You know, we grew up there entire life. I moved out west, so I got a good glimpse of, like, what public land is, space, you know, being able to just go out. Hey, you can just go out there. Yep. Where you where we grew up in southeastern Wisconsin, you have – there's two two areas of public land, Apple right? And- well, you have, you have a park, yep. which is everyone in the 50-mile radius is using that park at a certain time, right? Or you have uh, water. So you have a riverway yep. or you have a lake. Those are your only two avenues of public land. Everything else that you drive by, that you look at, private. everything you see is a private parcel of land. Yeah. So you literally, I say literally too often, but you you cannot step off a road and just be just doing go your wander thing. in the woods like I can off the edge of my property. Exactly. Yeah. So to have that conversation with people, they don't they they really don't understand what it's like. So when I take him out, uh, we lived out in North Dakota, the uh, the Monahay Trail, yep. you know, the the Badlands. It's an entire, it's public land for 200 Never, miles, yeah. right? But we just went out on the trail and there's cows. It's like they, they lease it out to, yep. you know, some grazing. And he's like, wait, we're just, we're just riding through. There's like, this is somebody's pasture. And I'm like, no, it's just, they just graze. It's like public you know, whatever. But for him, it, it just doesn't connect. It's yeah. not like, well, can we go here? It's like, yeah, we can go wherever you want. Like walk <laughs> out there and do whatever you want. So to have that conversation with people that that's not a usual thing, they have to, exp- my, my, I'm bringing this all back here. Yeah. Um, it's like a Seinfeld episode. I know. I, it's, sometimes you go off on these tangents and you, but I'm, my point is you bring it all back. And I, I think that is, a big part of what happens uh, when they experience the Berkey. They spend a week in here. They do the Berkey and they, they, they get done. They go back to their, wherever they're staying, whatever cabin it is. And they, they realize like we just skied from cable to Hayward on through property. And that's all public. Like we could have stepped off the trail and just walked through the woods. And when that hits them and they go home and they're driving down the road, going to work, and you're looking at all the fields and a little plot of land here, and you realize that you can't touch any of that without talking to the landowner or knowing the person. It's like, the light bulb goes off, and you're like, "Holy shit! Yeah. Like, why can't I just go over there?" And then you, then you're like, "Man, I have to go back there and check that out." And that's what happens. So for me now, living here, I go down to like I have my 
my hunting, you know, I started bow hunting uh, enough that now I have an app yep. that gives you, you know, it pulls up all the plat maps of Wisconsin. So I know I can go down the street to Washburn County land that's four miles down the road and I can do whatever the hell I want on a 9,000 acre plot of Washburn County land. Or I can go over to the, between here and Cable and out to Clam Lake kind of, you have Schwamigan National Forest. You like you said, Bayfield, Bayfield uh, Sawyer County. County. Um, so it's a, I just totally took over the conversation with all that. But <laughs> my point is, you bring up the public land, and it's a huge resource. Oh, it is sure. amazing, and it's a draw for people like me. For people, I'm trying to get the other forty year old uh, family people to like. This is my sales pitch, but um, it's a tremendous resource. And and like you said, with Schwamigan Forty, the Berkey. And I'm bringing it. I'm bringing it all around the fat bike, Berkey. Um, to have those key events to bring those people in, that's it. Oh, that's, and then I mean, there's you know 40 other events, and you know you combine all that, and that's why, you know, I think when I was talking to you when we we're at Cuyuna Fat Biking uh, a couple of years ago, the the whole lifestyle there's. Besides the public land, there's just a lot of like-minded people, and I think that that's a gigantic draw is, you know, in some, I have friends who live in small towns uh, all over Wisconsin and, you know, they, they see, you know, they go roller skiing and they're just like, they're like a freak. They, people, they think that person's a freak (laughs) because, you know, they're like so one of a kind and here it's like, well, everybody does that. I mean, (laughs) everybody mountain bikes. I mean, everybody in my neighborhood's got a fat bike. Everybody's got a mountain bike and, Everybody skis and it, you know, and there's like these little communities like Sealy and some of the developments and it, that are, uh, they're all like-minded people and it's, it's, it's pretty fun. So, yeah, yeah, it's good. And I always say with a small town, like it's, a. Uh, some people are nervous about the small town thing because, you know, word gets around and you know, whatever it is. Uh, but as long as you're, uh, can sleep at night and you tell the same story, yeah. like you'll never have a problem. But if you're, uh, <laughs> Walking around telling three different stories, you might have a problem. So, <laughs> but no, it's cool that way. Uh, so, this is complete horrible transition, but I, I want to talk about the fat bike Berkey because yep. I mean, like you said, a lot of like-minded people and all that kind of stuff, and you were heavily involved in Canva back, you know. Yeah, more early so. On. It was more so at when the fat bike Berkey started. I was involved with Canva a little bit, but I was on the Berkey board. Oh, okay. So, that's what it was. Okay. So I could tell the little story about how this happened. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's I want to hear this. It's kind of yeah, funny. Yeah. Um, you know, probably in this part of the building that we're sitting in now. When is this new? When when did they do this? This was a couple of years ago. Okay. But, the, you know, this was the old building. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So what... what uh, it's all renovated, by the way. When I was uh, on the board, you know, I was probably one of the first people that had a fat bike. And even like at the end of, you know, end of the se- season when it was like rock hard or icy... We'd always take our mountain bikes on the Berkey Trail. You're not supposed to do that now, but there was nobody doing it, and you never, you know, there's never a problem. So yeah. we just do that maybe one or two days a year. And one day we uh, there's a video online of the Prince Hawkins Revenge. You just of, shared it. I'm going to put yeah, that. Yeah, and it's the <laughs> it's where we kind of <coughs> met up, and it was this time of year. It was really literally the last day of skiing. It was all going to rain and go yeah, away, yeah. Yep. and so. We decided to go down the Berkey Trail, and that was th- that day. I, I'm like, God, it would be so cool to have a race, a fat bike race on the Berkey Trail, even though fat biking was still kind of in the 
growing. This was, I suppose this was six years ago or so. Yeah. Yep. And, um, so I pitched it to our Berkey board who I would have to say, it's safe to say where they were extremely reluctant about letting bikes <laughs> yeah, on the yeah. Berkey trail, not knowing what fat bikes really were and what they're not. You know, at the end of the day, there's, um, you got a four inch tire, you compared that to a two inch ski. So I had to kind of explain that you probably won't even notice that there was a race here. And yeah. so I, we ended up, you know, getting the board to agree one year, you can do this one year and we're going to, we're going to assess it. And if the, if the trail gets ruined, blah, 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 we were not going to do this. So we had 300 people the first year and look, luckily our, our board, um, is very active. And I would say most of the board helped with the race. And so they got to see firsthand one that it didn't damage the trail, but probably way more importantly, how much damn fun everybody's having. I mean, yeah. even the leaders were going by and they were laughing out loud. I'm like, that's what I'm talking about. And then of course that, um, that has, you know, grown to be the largest fat bike race in the world at, you know, 12, 1300 people. So, um, Unfortunately, last year was you know had to be a lap course, but yeah, when it's on the Berkey Trail, they, like they did what they it could. Is, yeah. It is of all the races I've done, that's as fun as any race I've ever done of any sport. It's what makes so it fun. so fun? Because just we have a lot of new people. So Ben was telling me how many new, like yeah. not even just new fat bikers, but new to mountain biking. Yeah, that come out. So the if there's new people, speed, yeah, it's all about how it's so smooth. So you're on snow, but you may as well be on. If the Berkey Trail was paved, if it's groomed right, you're basically like you're on a road that's perfectly smooth, no bumps, super fast because it's so wide. And you got those punchy hills. I mean, you just get screaming, like, you know, pin your ears back, laugh out loud, fun. I mean, and then you have, so the the rolling, I guess we should explain that too, because um, a lot of people think, well, there's no climbs or no hills, but we're in a heavily, heavily glaciated area. So you're dealing with a lot of... You're either going up or you're going down. Yeah. <laughs> so you're you're taking that big hill that you're bombing down one one hill, it's but a then it's... It's a roller coaster. Yeah. It, it is, it, that's a perfect explanation. It's a roller coaster. Yeah. Yep. And it and it's, you know, yeah, there's some long climbs and it is not an easy race by any means, but it's... Because of the speeds, because of how smooth it is when it's, you know, when you get these great conditions, like I assume we're going to have on Saturday. Yeah. It is, it is really, really fun. That, and you're dealing with a huge wide area. So you're not going to run into a tree. You're not going to run into a tree. Like if you do fall, I mean, it's like you said, it's hard, but when you fall, it's not going to be concrete. Right. I mean, you're not going to slide a little bit. I've. It hurts. It hurts. (laughs) I mean, yeah, you just slide and whatever it's, it's, but you're not going to. You're very unlikely that you'll go into the woods yeah. and clock it. You're not getting dirty. No. Like there's no dust. Nope. There's no anything. So <laughs> nope. it's it's a good it's a good avenue. Maybe even the shorter one for for new people. Oh, but it's a sure. really good avenue for that because, it's, like you said, it's a good introduction to mountain biking because you're going through all that. You don't have to worry about getting you know a stick in your derailleur. You don't have to worry about all that stuff. But you're still getting that experience. And there's very few bottlenecks because it's so mm-hmm. wide. I mean, yeah. it's like. Um, you know, so if somebody was complaining that, oh, I should, I'm in wave three, I wish I was in two. I'm like, you know what? I, I do a 30 second effort on the first uphill. It's wide enough. You'll get right where yeah, you are. Yeah, it's not going to matter. It's not a right. big deal. Right. It's so, it's not like you're. It's not like doing the Bora Epic where if you don't get in the road, you're going right. to be you're trailing stuck single behind track. behind everybody right. on the single track. It's, you know, you can probably bike 
10 people across at certain points on the yeah. trail. It's so you can hang out, chat with your friends. And then leave you yeah. know, or have them. Go no, away. I mean like during the race. Oh, yeah, for sure. So you can like ride with your buddies. Mm-hmm. Yep. So does that happen a lot? In groups that like, yeah, well, I mean, you I, wouldn't know because you're like fast. Well, no, but. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't really hit it that hard, but I, you know, like the last, last time I was on the Berkey trail two years ago, um, I got a flat tire last year, so I didn't finish, but, uh, last year I was riding with like four people that I knew and we were talking the whole way and yeah, yeah it was fun. So yeah, that's, I'm, I'm looking forward to doing that. Oh, you'll like, I'm going to start for the, like I told you, I don't know if we recorded, I told you, but I'm doing the short one Yeah, with the trail genius camera on. What I'm going to do, I'm going to talk to Jason just to see what's best, but I kind of want to start at the back and just kind of work my way up, talk to people, see what's going on. It's probably what he's going to recommend because um, you'll get some yeah. good footage of you coming up. So it'll be fun to it's like. going to probably be behind you looking yep. forward. So. so it'll be fun to just start dead last yep. right in the back and just kind of like. DFL. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm interested in doing that. So what uh, I want to give people, you have experience doing all this stuff. I want to give uh, maybe new people or people who are going to be listening to this and like all worried because. You know, if you're, if you're new to this, you're freaking out right now trying to figure out what to do. Three things that you would say are important. They can be bike wise, gear wise, like just chilling out wise. Yeah. Yeah. For the race. Oh, for the race. So if they're coming up here, three things like they should be, you know, uh, concerned about, or like, are like, if you're going to worry, just pick out these three things to worry about and the rest don't worry about. Well, there's one thing like a lot of, uh, a lot of, especially for new, new people, their biggest, uh, their biggest problem with when they're riding on any type of trail is tire pressure. Um, you know, and you could probably just, if you're not sure, um, if you don't have a low pressure gauge, you can kind of just press your tire compared to somebody else. You just ask questions. It's like, Hey, do you think I have too much pressure? Most people that are experienced will be glad to help you. Like, Oh, you have way too much. You're going to spin out. Or maybe you should add a little more. The trails are really firm. Yeah. That's going to tremendously vary your experience, if you have too low or too high, they're both kind of suck because if it's too low, if it's too low, you're going to not roll very well and it's going to be a lot of a lot of extra work. If it's too high, you're going to spin out on the hills. You're going to dig the trail up. You're going to probably maybe get chewed out a little bit by people. Um, Don't worry about that. No, I know. They groom. Yeah. No, no I'm just saying like, uh, well, if you're during the, during the event, it's like, oh, you oh, might want to let, let a little air out because, and it's more just, you know, if you have the right pressure, it's, it's just best for everybody. Yeah, yeah. No, but, I know. And then uh, I would say don't worry about if you've never done a, a big event. Don't – I would not worry. And just keep in mind that it's a long race. Don't feel like, you know, you have to uh, go out very hard. It's it's so wide. It's such a long race. There's plenty of room to get around. So just relax at the start. And I think from the – most people tend to uh, – if they're new, they tend to be t- completely overdress. <laughs> yeah, especially Saturday because it's going to be cold at the beginning, it's gonna be but it's going to warm up pretty quickly. 15 at the start and 35 at the finish. Yeah. And, you know, you want to be cold at the start. You mm-hmm. want to be you want to be a little chilly. Even if your hands are cold, I guarantee it within 10 minutes, you're going to be like, like plenty warm. So, yeah. Yeah. And then just have fun. <laughs> cool. All right. So. I want some insider tips. So, uh, places to eat or drink in Hayward, <laughs> either Hayward cable, whatever your go-to spots and we're free from, we're not getting paid for anybody. Yeah. So if anybody's oh, yeah. angry at us, it doesn't matter. So you get the true well, insider scoop right uh, here. I'll preface this that I, I'm, I'm, I'm a kind of a food snob. 
So, which is good. Yeah. So my, I like to go to, if I'm going to a supper club, I try to go to the ones that the food is better than I can cook at home. And I have a few favorites. Uh, I like the rookery in uh, cable. I like the ranch supper club. And in the summer, I like Tally Ho. Where is the ranch supper club? That's one that's kind of over by kind of past Walmart. Oh, okay. They've been here forever. It's a random thing because uh, yep. Instagram. They're like, like we've been no, chatting on Instagram. It's they've really been around weird. Forever. And That's cool. Yeah the, yeah, the owners are skiers and just cool. Okay. Cool. So people. the ranch. And yep. what was the other one? You, you uh, said the ranch rookery and tally ho are like tally three ho. of my favorites okay. as far as like that sort of supper club type uh, experience. Of course, Angry Minnow and Rivers Eatery are good. And uh, and we should say too, Rivers Eatery. Uh, Tim was just in here, Riverbrook. They have a little pop up store in there, so if you need anything. But uh, Rivers Eatery, Mick is like very supportive yep, of everything. Totally. So he like, if nothing else, you should stop in there and get a beer or yep. food, just because he supports a ton of stuff that's going on uh, silent sports wise. Yeah. So those are my favorites, and then there's some new, there's some new fun stuff that just opened. Um, the Velo Cafe in uh, Cable. Yeah, I'm going to go check that out. That, uh, and they're not going to open until... They were just open for Berkey with the soft Oh, opening. they're going to be open this weekend? They're, no, I don't think so. Uh, um, what the heck? And then... Uh, uh, oh, then they're building the new a new building, which used to be the corner bar in Cable, which is going to have a whiskey bar in the basement, rooftop dining. Oh, cool. Um, it's... Uh, <clears throat> the owner is got a... It's going to be a significantly... Uh, costly building to build because it's going to be really awesome. <laughs> okay. I, I know I can't say too much, but I know no, enough yeah, about yeah. it that yeah. it's going to be it's going to be something that the cable area needs. I mean, there is actually not there's not like a bar. There's not even a no. bar in cable anymore. Yeah, no corner bar is gone. Yeah. And if you wanted to have a you know whiskey or you know mixed drink or something, there's you you can't get one in cable. Yeah. But then so I think it's going to be a fun a fun thing. So that's. That's kind of it for uh, my fav- my favorite favorites. I mean, there's other places, but those yeah. are the ones I'd mention. So I'd here's my tip. As you're coming into or going through Hayward, uh, there is a small, well, not small anymore because they moved, uh, but it's called Miller's. Oh, yeah. Miller's it's just there. <laughs> Miller's, uh, what's it called? Miller's Market. Miller's Market. And uh, Mennonite? Family they or something? Mennonite, yeah. Mennonite family that owns it. But they used to have this little place right on 63, but they moved it a block off. So as you're coming into Hayward, on your right-hand side, before you get to Quick Trip, there's a little road. And if you're just stopping through town and you want a sandwich to eat, you can go in there. They kind of do it Subway style where you walk in and you're like, hey, we have these 18 choices of bread and all this different stuff. But for like $4.40, you can get like whatever sandwich you want in there. And uh, some other different food and all kinds of different stuff. It's but amazing how busy that place is. Yeah, it's like, totally packed all the time. Like, I'm going there as soon as I get done like, with this. They have like 10 people working there in yeah. this little, I mean, because they have to. <laughs> yeah. But I'm going, I'm going to go eat there as soon as Yeah, it's fantastic. So if you're going through town and you just want to stop and get something quick, I would definitely say Miller's, Miller's Market. And I'll dig up the website on that too. But it's off the right-hand side. Just Google it. Um, it's in a new location. But that's it. So, Scott, thanks. Oh, you're welcome. We are up at, we're 40 minutes. We're recording wow, this thing. I talk a lot. I know. So it's, when Scott and I get together, we talk a lot, I think, or just in general. Yep. Um, so that's well, thank it. Thank you. But uh, I appreciate the time and uh, thank you. Yeah, we'll see you out there tomorrow. All right.